gentlemen, we're back. 201 Podcast, where my audio quality is as inconsistent as the Leafs this season. But Alex, how are you? That was a good one. That, that was a good. good one. <laughs> how are you both today? A happy belated birthday to Alex. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you feel? I just, how do you celebrate? Uh, dinner. Mm-hmm. Another Leafs jersey? Nope. No. He doesn't want any of that. He doesn't want anything to do with the Leafs. Right? Remember, Alex, I told you. That hat that guy was wearing is usually the you know the interview hats the coaches hat that the players wear. I think so. They're about I think they're on sale for fourteen ninety nine. So no, no, no. great okay. birthday deal. Okay. Uh, no nothing nothing. Uh, you know I was walking out. If you know how some grocery stores will have like the those big portraits of sports teams and all that kind of stuff. Yes. I saw one that was like Leafs great stuff. No. I just said out loud. I said it was like below the Habs in the standings. So I walked out of my local independent grocery store. You'll love to see it. Anyway, uh, guys, there's a lot to talk about today. The Canucks won a game, but obviously uh, Western uh, sort of positivity obviously gets overshadowed by the Eastern bias that we have on the show. <laughs> you know, the Habs have been a wagon. It's Ugh. been so much fun. Um, and the Leafs, it's a little concerning right now. Um, now, the Habs aren't going to have so much of focus on their game Gameplay? I shouldn't say gameplay. That's but this isn't a video game. We're not going to so much talk about a lot of the Habs games because later I really want to talk about Carey Price. Spoke to the media, had an amazing article with Arp and Basu that came out. That was very. I think every Habs fan reading it cried a little bit, myself included. That really he opened up about why he went into the player assistance program. Um, just just a tremendous article. We'll get to a little later. Um, to open the show though. Alex, in the notes, you have something that says Alex apology. Oh, oh is- I got an apology. I got an apology. Um, okay. I don't know if you guys remember this, but we had a discussion about Rasmus Dahlin two summers ago. No, I don't remember this. What, when what is- he was on, a, he was um, he was an RFA. It must have been in the middle of the summer. And apparently the contract talks were, it, it was weird. We didn't really know what the contract talks were. Then not all, literally four days later, did they not sign a contract? Mm-hmm. And I think I made a ridiculous comment that he should just take what they're offering him. I could not I be more wrong. How much was that? I, I don't remember. I don't remember at the time. I just remember he's making five million, five or six million dollars right now. And I could not be more wrong. So I, I could. Yeah, I apologize on that one. That that one is a mistake. He has 10 points in eight games this year. And what, like half of them are goals? Yeah, there, he has five goals. There have been some really, really. I think it's this current contract. Yeah, six million. I think he signed it last summer and it was I think he was. I don't think he was a holdout into a camp, but no. you know, it's incredible. A few years ago, we really there was questions about was he going to be the next Rasmus Ristolainen from some people, the Swedish like left-handed version. I remember people were getting concerned, and he's really, really popped this year. It's been a real showing of like this is what this guy is capable of. Still had like 50 points last year, but with the Sabers looking as impressive as they've been in years, except the power plays, Christophilus was yelling about in the group chat. Another group chat, people. Um, he's been really fun. He, him and the Sabres have been really fun. Not be, not, not good enough to beat the Habs the other day. <laughs> we'll take it, lads. We'll take it. 
Oh, you love it. Oh, God. Oh, the Habs are fun again. Remember, they, it's because they love... It actually looks like they love being there at this point now. The, they like, do. The Sabres look like they're having fun. Alex Tuck has mm-hmm. changed everything. Who would have known? I, I thought it was just like a nice salary thing when that trade happened. No, that Alex Tuck, cool eye. He likes Buffalo. Neat. But... Good on you, Alex. I think we were all a little thingy of that contract at the time. I think we were all a little skeptical. We should be ashamed. A lot of good stories that have happened at the beginning of, of, of the season now. We haven't covered everything because the Habs and the Leafs, there's been a lot to cover there. The Canucks were a mess. Um, there's been a lot of fun stuff going around. Can't cover all of it, but Alex, I'm happy you brought up Darlene and we can get some time in for him. Um, I guess to start, this is just some of the, the stuff we're going to be talking about through the rest of the show. Uh, stuff with the Sens, mainly to do with Mr. Josh Norris probably being out. Uh, no, not ASU. First game was there. Happened. Uh, we're going to talk about the Sharks for a bit. Eric Carlson is back, baby. Let's hmm. go. Adam's uh, burner account messaged us. I haven't looked at that tweet you sent yet. Okay. We're going to talk about Shane Wright because he mentioned it on Hockey Night. It was coming up. Stuff's happening with Shane Wright, and I hate what the Kraken are doing with him. Uh, Vancouver won something, and they did some trades. Uh, obviously, the Habs. But first, we got to talk about the Leafs. Um, Is that where we're starting? All right. I think we have to. Is so- it accurate to say if the Habs are a wagon, the Leafs are a leaky trolley right now? A leaky what? Trolley. Um, you know, it's like one of those. It's one of the like the trolleys that have the messed up wheel, and it's mm-hmm. just like it's. You wonder why there's only one shopping cart left, and you're like, and then you pick it up, and you're, you're like, like, oh, that's why. That's why. Trolley. Okay. You know what I was thinking of? You know when um they used to bring the TV in your elementary school classrooms? Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's always like one off wheel when they came in. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's the VHS thing, and you watch some old crappy, like, no-color documentary of World War II, and it was it was bad. Thank God Netflix has good stuff like that now, and hopefully the kids can get it. Because the documentaries we got when we were all in school, crap. Absolutely. There used to be an intense commercial. I remember it's like if you bought from PBS. No. Um, it's level. like World War II in color, but they would say that line maybe 15 times in the two-minute commercial. The World War II in color stuff on Netflix, by the way, sensational. I've said mm-hmm. it before. Top sensational tier. stuff. Really, really good. The ones that have obviously like historians talking about it. But anyway, um, if the Leak Leafs are a the one bad wheel trolley, is that bad wheel the defense? Is it the five on five play? Alex, Bro, luckily you did not stay up. You did not stay up to watch the San Jose game because that was your birthday. I'm happy you didn't do that to yourself, my dear friend. How are you feeling about the Leafs? And what did you do to them the other day? What did you declare? Okay, let's this is monumental. This is this is crazy. First off, let's just let me start like this. Nothing has changed. It's I, I'm 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 a little uh, happy. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll start with I'm a little happy at the moment because the thing I've been saying since last year has now become popular belief. That everyone's everyone's blaming the in in sports. A lot of the times, blame goes to the coach first. Mm-hmm. Not here. The blame. I, I'm not. I and I'm not defending Keith. I'm not defending Dubis. I'm just plainly putting it out as to how it is. This 
is not their uh, we can it's not a hundred percent their fault this idea that it's that if you get rid of Keith, this is going to change the team. It is not. I but let me declare what I did. Uh, what yeah. What was the tier bottom tier list on the on our tier list? What was the bottom uh, tier? It was, was the list. The list, yeah. The list. Arizona. For our, our off season tier list. Our yeah. off season tier San list. San Jose. I put I sent a message the other day putting them on the list. Mm-hmm. And it has it's funny because Mike wanted to put them on the list. And everything he described isn't the reason they're going on the list. It's it's actually that's the most impressive part of all this is that mm-hmm. they're going on the list and it has nothing to do with goaltending. Goaltending is the in not even remotely an issue to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's not great, it's not outstanding, but it's not like a top tier issue I have. Sam Solano has been solid. He's been yeah, like he's been fine. But can we talk about like I, I feel like we don't? I don't even want to dissect the last two games because I think it's meaningless considering what I'm watching on what I've watched on the ice. I think can we have the discussion about why it does not make sense to fire Keith once again? Like I feel like I we have to go through this again. So this is obviously we have a lot of problems each watching Leafs and Habs games because they always are at the same goddamn sure. time. So I have actually not seen a lot of Leafs hockey this year. Perfect. I got to watch a good part of the Caps game. Yep. Because they weren't, but then I switched over because I think the abs may have been playing, and I was like, I want to watch the abs. Right. Um, so, what I see from an outsider's point of view when watching the occasional LFR and seeing Leafs Twitter bleed into my timeline is, and you talk about nothing's changed, is the poor starts and sort of when they turn it on in the third period, you see a glimmer of hope, but there's the, the crap start, and that we saw that with Logan Couture getting on the board early in San Jose. And then on top of that, the giveaways. The 60. Oh, and Justin Hall's been bad. Yeah, I saw that. But that, that's what at least I've seen. Poor starts, not playing 60-minute hockey, and a big thing on five-on-five five play right now is a lot of what, I, what I've seen. It's just, again, I think I, I'm pretty sure I said it after the episode we did after their first couple games. It's, it's just so uninspiring. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't – there's no – I have no reason to sit on the couch and like be happy, be happy watching this, like watching this team because it's not different. I think the reason I have high expectations for this team is because they're supposed to be good players. Mm-hmm. They're, they are matter of a fact. They have talented players, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star players. You can't are you cannot argue like you it's hard for anyone to not argue that. But you're it's not it's nowhere near consistent. And it's been like that for seven years. Seven years, this has been the same issue. This idea that getting rid of Sheldon Keefe and bringing in Barry Trotz is going to fix the Leafs is delu- it's delusion. It's delusion because I'm not, I am in no shape, I'm not, in no way rewarding the players on this team after what I'm watching. 
Sheldon mm-hmm. Ke- firing Sheldon Keep and bringing in their third coach is rewarding the players, and I'm not doing it. It's it's stupidity. It's delusion. It's literal delusion. What makes you think that bringing in Barry Trotz is going to fix this issue? Is it a player issue? Is it a skill issue? Is it a defensive scheme issue? No, it is a consistency issue. So explain to me how Barry Trotz coming in is going to fix this team when you had the best coach in the league at the time for how many years? Four and you're years back to Babcock. I'm referring, right? mm-hmm. yes, I'm referring to Mike Babcock when he came to Toronto. I said it five times on, on this podcast now. He was the best coach in the league. I'm not making that up. That was a thing. Yeah, no argument there. Um, when he came in, everyone was kind of thinking that was the final piece, I guess, management wise of the Shanna plan. But it's funny, Alex, when you mentioned the Barry Trotz thing, I know that um, there is this one specific tweet we have mentioned. I know you're not really alluring to that. I know it's a bigger idea of wanting to do that. But I agree with you when we mentioned there's that carousel of coaches. You don't necessarily see that with teams that position themselves as being a contender. Before this episode, I was looking at what we said, all the positive things about Buffalo, but prior to what they were able to do with more consistent people there how many coaches did jack eichel have like five coaches we saw at edmonton where yeah, we go all, yeah we eichel. go all yeah pre-eichel it was it was a revolving door pat like what probably after lindy ruff it was yeah it was maybe half a season one season and then you saw GM that with edmonton two. yeah GM two. edmonton as well where how many coaches were there before and after taylor hall it's, you know, I, I saw a tweet that I thought was really funny from uh, Bills, Bill as a B-I-L-L-Z-T-W-E-E-T-Z, Bill's tweets, really funny leaps to uh, follow on Twitter. Uh, you'd think Martyr and Matthews would play hard for a coach that seemingly gives them everything they want. Now, maybe a little jab at Keith there. Yeah. However, I agree that it has to be the thing of, like, I love looking at sort of scoring of the Leafs last season, right? And then Nylander was a point sh- like short of point per game. Matthews and Marner, everyone knows how good they were. Tavares was just shy of point per game. Morgan Riley nearly had 70 points. Um, I mean, we all know what it is about the top guys. And, you know, the, the discussion about the bottom six is one that has been done to death. And to be honest, it I'm not surprised if it's a bit like jumbly and maybe chemistry's not there and they don't know what they have. Except Pierre Engvall, my God, dude, please. It's like, if there's two things in life that I can't stand, it's the constant trade rumors of Alex Kerfoot and before him, Travis Dermott. And now it is also the thing of like, goodness gracious, Engvall, be consistent, please. Where was, like last year, you were- Oh yeah, finish your track. But I don't, I almost like, okay, yeah, bottom six is one thing. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you need a bottom six that's reliable in that. You can fix that. The deadline will help with that. But what's not going to change at the trade deadline, no matter when we saw that with Babcock, we're going to see it with Keith, and it doesn't matter who you bring in. The way the team is built, and it's really the best way to build a team objectively, your stars are the ones that have to carry it. And Austin Matthews, I don't – okay, so his second goal was a power play against the Sharks, I think. I can't remember his first goal of the year was on the power play too. I remember it was a tip, but no, him not having so. a clean shot five on five goal this deep into the season. And this is different from last year when he had a cold start surgery. People say he's hurt right now. 
It is very different. Then don't play. Then, dude, if, if, if he's injured, don't play. I'm over it. They did this with Freddie two years. They did this with Freddie two years in a row. They did it with Jack last year. Enough. Enough of playing. Is the team actually this good? Then you can sit the guy for, I, I don't, honestly, respectfully, I don't care if he scores 60 goals in the regular season. He could score 45 and I'd be more than pleased. If that it's means weird. he's going to be a part of Tavares can he's played well enough this right. year. He yeah, can keep that role he's back. back. If, if, he's better. If that means he's healthy come the beginning of the playoffs, then screw it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But enough of this. Enough. If he's actually injured, enough. I'm over it. Like I'm over them doing this. It's I'm tired of it. Now, I did, if he yep. is healthy, just yes. If he's healthy, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, it is on them to carry the team. You could get them going, and then you have the season to figure out your bottom six. Oh, when these guys aren't scoring, the level of play and the level of skill Matthews and Marner have, you have to rarely worry about them not scoring. I don't give a crap about how well Engvall know that play. If Marner and Matthews aren't going, that's my number one concern. Right. And, you know, Marner apparently, and I think it was again, it was either the Kings or Sharks game, apparently looked like he was trying to will that team on his back. I think that was... Uh... Sharks. One of the games on the road trip. Death Valley is back, apparently. Who knows what the Ducks game is going to be like. But, you know, it starts with them. It starts with them. Dude, I I think it's – I agree. And I think it's so – it's simple as saying play like you give a damn. Like it's it's that simple. Do they have it in them? You want it to get – and here's the thing. And and it goes back to why do I have – why do people have – why do Leaf fans have such high expectations for this team? Because mm-hmm. the players who should be playing like they give a damn ask to be paid money like players who give a damn. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it. The fact of the matter is, like, they didn't. They're not. They're not doing it now. Like, I, I'm the first guy to say the regular season. I said it earlier. The regular season does not matter. They don't. They, those guys on the ice, do not have the luxury to think like that. They don't. We're almost um ten games into the season, basically, and I mean, okay, at the top, the goal scorers, it's Tavares, Nylander, four goals each. Good. And you know, number two is, isn't it David Camp? Yes, he has three goals. Dude, how? <laughs> like how? Like I, I, I Sid tweeted. Sid Sixero tweeted uh the twenty eighth, so that was after the San Jose game. I'm not sure what's currently motivating the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I'm pretty sure it's not Sheldon Keefe. Again, you get paid millions of dollars. For the love of God, show up. You, If Sheldon Keefe can, like, sorry, if you cannot be motivated to just start the damn game, what are we doing? Honestly, like, what, what's, what are we what are we doing here? How is it his job? Why is he the one that's going to be fired for the failure time and time and time again for this team to show up? If you can't show up game one of the playoffs, screw you. Like, get out. Get out, man. It's ridiculous. How can you not show up? You, you're you supposed to love this sport. You are supposed to be top tier, but you can't show up for game one. You can't show up for game one when you're playing 
the Leafs' biggest rival, game one of 82 games now, you could not show up on game one of the season. Are you kidding me? That's not a Sheldon Keefe problem. I'm sorry if these guys cannot show up that it, it is not a Sheldon Keefe problem. Mike Babcock couldn't do it, and now Sheldon Keefe can't do it. Leave it alone. Stop blaming the coaches. If you have an issue with the way they play, come on in, explain it to me. But if it's a motivation issue, from what I've seen, if you can't get up to play these games, get out. I'm over it. It's done. Here's how their schedule is looking for November. Tomorrow's Halloween. Hey, who's ready? Um, So here's how it looks. So obviously today they, they play the Ducks the 30th of October. If you're listening to this, the, the game might be done. It is the end of the road trip. It's the second half of a back-to-back, but the Ducks are bad. And uh, Daniel's fantasy team will tell you all you need to know about John Gibson this season. And Twitter videos where he keeps getting angry at people. Um, oh, man. Then the Flyers, who are leading the Metropolitan, but who knows, a John Tortorella team, not to take digs here, Alex, but, I mean, we all saw what happened with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Dude, they're going to get scrunched. They're going to so... get killed. Like, like they're going to, like Steve Dangle said, lunch money, baby. That's what's going to happen. And uh, it doesn't get easier in November. This is brutal. Um, then it's at home, Saturday, November 5th, it's the Boston Bruins, who just got Brad Marchand back. Um then and it's he's the still Kings. good. Yeah, who is very good. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Need you on fantasy. Um, then it's the Canes. Um, then it is Vegas, Pittsburgh, who have lost recently, but it's Sidney Crosby. Who cares? Um, then it's the Canucks, who you never quite know. Then the Penguins again. New Jersey, who were questioning what they are. The Sabres, who are fun. The Islanders are always going to bring their game versus the Leafs. Um, then it's the Devils again. Minnesota, who we don't know. Another game against Pittsburgh on the 26th. It's my mom's birthday, fun fact. Um, Detroit, who are not bad this year. And then they finish off against the San Jose Sharks, led by my man, your man, Eric Carlson again. Um, that's a tough month. And, you know, um, they've lost to the Sharks, the Coyotes, and the Habs. And obviously the Habs this year are not the same as they were last year. But just looking at it, they lost to those three teams before November. And, and, and it's standard. Yeah. And I'm a Habs fan. Like, no, the I agree. Is so much higher there. And, and it's not a matter of that they lost. It's ha- like this idea. Listen, I get it. Like apparently the Avalanche lost both their games to the Coyotes last year. Or, and got co- shut up by the Devils like last right. week. Right. But okay. But it is, they won the cup. They're good. Like, <sighs> It is about how they are losing these games. It is mm-hmm. not about that they lost. If you watch the game, you're telling me you're okay with this. Like this idea that this is a new issue is just unbearable. It's not. Listen, I hope I'm wrong, by the way. I I, I hope I, I maybe that's not clear of how frustrated I am. I genuinely hope I'm wrong. I hope the playoffs come around and I hopefully they're in it and and they and they they kill it. I hope they do. That would make me so damn happy. But once again, they're proving to me that the same mistakes that plagued them in years past are continuing to plague them again. Again, it's this isn't a new issue. This is the same stuff we saw from year one, and mm-hmm. it's just rolled into year seven, and it's just more embarrassing now because half this like 
Matthews is making at eleven point six million dollars. Marner is making eleven million dollars. Tavares is making eleven million dollars. Nylander's isn't it like eleven point like nine four nine three? Don't for forget who? About the numbers, Alex. For on. who? For Marner? For Matthews and Marner. Matthews is eleven point six three. Matthew uh, Marner is like 10.993. I don't know. <laughs> Nylander's making 6.9. Like That's it's, emba- <laughs> it's embarrassing. You're making this much money and, and, and it's a problem to show up. Come on, get out of here. Leave play or leave. Like what, what are we doing? When we see the post game interviews, it's, it's always that word unacceptable that you hear from, Keith, you hear from the players because it is. But when do you reach that point where it's like, okay, yeah, we realize we're losing like this, and we shouldn't be playing like this. So when can we change? And I, I agree. This is the thing I saw on the weekend: is you see the Sharks game, you see the Kings game, and maybe there's that initial momentum, and then there's like those oh no moments, usually in the second period of a this happens. The Kings score three, and or the Sharks go up three one, and that's about it. Like that you still have the third, but there's that push Adam you mentioned, but that's about it. There's not really anything else. There's no real rally. There's no, Hey, you know, maybe if we fix those earlier mistakes, we wouldn't be here. It's easier to get ahead than to catch up. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I've been over the player quotes for like two or three years now. I, I, it goes in one ear out the other. Like I could not care less. Cause it's the same stuff they've been saying for seven years. Again, if I'm, if you're this is what i don't understand like i i understand why people would want sheldon key fired and again i'm not defending him i'm just not interested in rewarding players who don't give a crap um what are you supposed to do at this point what are you supposed to do this isn't a this it, it's not a way of playing. Are they playing that differently than they did last year when they had their best regular season in history? Are you telling are people actually believing that they're playing drastically differently? They, I know a lot's been made of the speed and the breakout stuff and the first touches from defensemen. If we're asking what they're going to do, they have LTI relief. Muzzin's on it for a while. We don't know how long that's going to exactly be, I'm pretty sure. But um, that Marner quote about if he steps and plays again, I think was pretty telling. I think they got to do something about the right side of the defense. But and what is Keith supposed to do? I oh, like, I agree. What's But what is in this situation, yeah, if, yeah. If, if he's like, what is he supposed? This isn't a him problem. Are they like, they're not playing that differently. This is the frustrating part. I can't imagine how you look at this and say, this is a Sheldon Keefe problem. When the players on the ice don't give a crap, it should not be his pro. It should not be his issue that they're not showing up to play the damn regular season. They're not, they're not Tampa Bay. They're not Colorado who have won cups in the last four years to pretend like they can walk through this season. I don't like, this isn't, it's it's this meant this ah you know what seemed to have woken up vancouver a little bit jim rutherford goes down and said hey listen even if it's brujero or something along the lines of if we're making changes it's not just the coach does dubas have to say something to the team because sheldon has that elite players quote you know sheldon can't just blast bullet 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 right 
Because right now, if the players aren't going to get it, and do I dare use the phrase player-only meeting, um, I don't know what more Sheldon can do. He's he's tried changing up the lines here. Um, you know, what more can, can, can he really do here? He can go out and say this and say that and do this system, that system. The special teams are good, apparently. They look great. Five on five in that, there's enough talent. There just needs to be a thing of, does he do the sort of Tortorella and does he make the big move of saying, I'm going to sit this guy? Does he risk sort of rubbing someone the wrong way in that sort of thing? No, screw that. Rub him the wrong way. I don't care. Then, you remember now Mitch Marner was on the fourth line? I just always remember that. I think Mitch Marner remembers being on Yes, the with line. Matt Martin. I think Leafs fans remember him being on the fourth line because of the contract stuff. But, like, you know, at some point, it's it's accountability is a thing, man. I think Sheldon's got a way to... Has There's to that a way word to again. That ...to hold him accountable. Because they can't go on like this. Like, even if I mentioned trades, if they bring in, like, Connor Murphy, like some people are suggesting. I saw that on Leafs Twitter. What does that do? What's Connor Murphy going to do? Right side what defensive do? D. I don't know. It's Okay, this is why. He, he's also on a budget. Is he an upgrade on Justin Hall? Sure. But is Connor Murphy going to – is he going to be the guy who gets Austin Matthews going? No, that has to be Austin Matthews. Is there a player who's – like? There's no player that you're going to fit into this squad at the moment that's going to make everyone give a crap. That, I thought that was going to be Mark happen. Giordano. I thought that was going to be Mark He's Giordano. the only one trying out there. The th- <laughs> Jason Spezza goes and then it's for the, the other fi- guy. For, the, for how many years was Jason Spezza leave? Two or three? Uh, three years. For the last for the la- the past for the yeah. past four years, the oldest guy on this team is the only one who gives a crap. That's not good, man. Are was you he kidding me? Or- was he older than Thornton? No, Thornton was in his 40s. Thornton also looked, I mean, he was slow as hell, but at least he looked like he gave a crap. I'm embarrassed for you. Never forget. Never forget. It's unacceptable that the 38, 39, 42-year-olds are the only ones who time and time and time again consistently look like they care. Well, it, gentlemen. I'm over it. Anything else to touch no. on the loops before we go? No, might be a bit more after tonight's game. We'll see. So, no, it, but not. it's just going to be the same. We're going to have the same conversation. This uh, I've been having this conversation with myself for like two years by myself because everyone seems to think this team's uh, whatever. Like, the, the unreleased the same, audio it's the of same Alex. Thing. I'm just in my head. I'm like, guys, what are we looking at? Every time I go on Twitter, I'm like, are we watching the same team? It's been the same issue. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Alex Lee's files soon to be released (laughs) in our special features. (laughs) So there was a good story around the Leafs, but it had to do with a former Leaf. Uh, Phil Kessel, the magic number now is 991. It will be 992 when Vegas play tonight, Mm. which will be against the Winnipeg Jets. That will be his 992nd consecutive game. He has passed Keith Yandel's 989. Um, he did score his 400th goal, I think, in the game he broke the record yeah. against James Reimer and the San Jose Sharks. He did score in the game against the Leafs, but it was called back, Sheldon Keith, you party pooper. Uh, how dare you? But a moment to acknowledge Phil Kessel, the folk hero. That man somehow is the Iron Man. I cannot believe it. Fun Dude, fact. I love that guy. The beginning of this Iron Man streak was his debut with the Leafs. That's crazy, man. That's yeah. Jeez, that was so long ago. He could hit a th- knock on wood. He could hit a thousand consecutive games 
That'd be insane. Good for him, man. He yeah. deserves it. Putting up with as much crap as he has in his career, beautiful. Yeah. Is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, Iron Man. I, I think so. I think I, th- I, I think he is. So. I want to say yeah. yes. Here's, here's what I think. One day, not soon. Like he shouldn't get in quicker than Alfredson did. How many Alfredson years? How many years did? Long. How many years did it take Alfredson? Too many. I know he wasn't first ballot, which was a shame. No, no, obviously not. Ottawa media I don't know, man. I think by the end, it, pardon? Toronto Media, sorry, Ottawa Media had to call out Leaf Bias to get Alfredson into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That Even though bad. if you go list that, look at the list of people who are on the committee. I mean, I don't think there's really, any that, bias. That, like McGillney's, yeah, I was going to say that. There there's no Leafs bias there. No, no, but if you actually go look at the people who are on the committee, like it's just a ridiculous statement. Um, Kunitz be in before Phil Castle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even start that argument. I will defend Phil. I will, I will defend Phil Kessel to the grave. Like, um, honestly, I think by the end of the career, like end of his career, he's going to be an absolute lock. Like he, I get it. He's thirty five. He's he's on the back end of his career, but like I don't know, man. I I I think like. I think we look at the last couple of years when he was in Arizona. Obviously, it was not fantastic, was but like he had fifty-two points last year. After like what, like thirty-eight the year before? He had forty-three points the year before in fifty-six games. So that many points on a on an Arizona. Arizona team. Yes, yeah. With, like Coyotes, like and with the like, way their injuries were, you'd never know who your center was. Speaking of the Coyotes. ASU had its first game. That was a really rough transition, but I had to. I really had to. They did lose it in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets, which was really, really funny. By the way, the irony. Yes, of course. The irony of their first college game (laughs) against the Jets. So apparently they are going to have, I forgot where I saw this first, so my apologies. Maybe uh, Craig Morgan. Probably. We'll just assume it's Craig Morgan. Uh, apparently, they are going to have like a separate section that is the student section with cheaper like ticket prices. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, that's cool. Leaf should do that. No, no, they're never going to do that. How dare you? Um, so ASU, first off, Darren Drager saw an insider trading uh, November 29th. Mark it on the calendar. Uh, Tempe City Council will be meeting, and it's expected that they will be voting to approve the Coyote to move forward with their Tempe Arena. So, so we actually have uh, an update on that. Yeah. So this is from Craig Morgan literally 12 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Fried- wow. Friedman, Friedman uh, retweeted it. I just saw it. It says breaking per sources. The Tempe city council is likely to refer the coyotes arena and entertainment district propo- proposal to referendum, leaving a vote in citizens hands that may delay the process, but the proposal appears to have support. So, oh, okay. Wow. Hey, Alex, quickly invite Elliot Friedman to this call so uh, we can get the. uh, I don't have that kind of poll. (laughs) Uh, That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Not yet. So um, now now the Coyotes got Twittered a bit when sort of work about their temporary um, home and temporary uh, visiting arenas sort of came up. Apparently those were old pictures and that it's funny. The jets put up a picture of the actual road locker room finished. And we're like our home for tonight that looked better. It was still basically a community rink. They sectioned off. I'm not too upset with it because it's, it's four games. Um, but I think it was still funny to see because we're listen, 
there's a lot of jokes being made and people are trying to make the best out of the situation. I'm not, and I'm going to laugh at it. Oh no, it's hilarious. What did I call it? Oh, I called it like the, uh, the backstage of a WWE. Yeah. That's what it looked like. It really like in the video games, it looked identical to that. I thought we still have to, we have to make this black and white that an NHL team is having a locker room. That is a section of a rink closed off of curtains. Like I, I, I don't care how old the picture. That is what is happening with other. It's just funny to me. Uh, it's just really funny. Um, but it's it's just it's a kind of embarrassing. It's embarrassing that the league has put themselves in this situation. Yeah, yep, you're not wrong. Like I, I'm not gonna trash Arizona, but like it's just embarrassing that the league ha- had allowed it to get to this level. Mm-hmm. All right. Move on to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, first off, tremendous game yet again from Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield against the Blues last night. Down 3-1, rousing win, where Chris Devorak gets a natural hat-trick in the third because that was on the bingo card. <laughs> Wait, did uh, you lose points, Adam, for that yeah, win? Yeah, because Bennington lost. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm just realizing that now. <laughs> so here's the thing. I had a decision because I had all but one forward playing. My one forward sitting was Robert Thomas, right? So I was looking, I'm like, I'll sit Barzell, who only had an assist, so that wasn't as bad. Because I kept Nacast, and he had the overtime game winner in Carolina, so that was good. But I was worried because I played him and Markstrom, and I was like, Markstrom against the Flames. It wasn't bad, but it was against the Oilers. And I was like, okay, I'll play them both because I'm just going to take a risk. And then that's my problem. I underestimated Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, which I should never do again. But I'm in pole position to win this week against Mike. So we'll see what happens, but... Yeah, no, Bennington was mine. Yeah, he was. He was update no, next got, episode. He was left out to dry. It wasn't his fault. It was a bad defensive performance from the Blues, but yeah. yeah I'm pretty no. sure Tory Krug lost me points. Yeah, he wasn't great. He got this. Okay, Tory Krug, funny you mentioned him. He bullied Nick Suzuki, like basically threw off his gloves and tried to bully him, and they both got a four and four, even though Nick Suzuki just stood there and didn't want to fight because NHL officiating is still a joke. Fantastic. Um, Want to quickly mention Uri Safkovsky scores last night. He's getting power play time. They eased oh. him in. They haven't sat him. He's back from injury. We're going to get to another pick in the last draft that was very high up that is not being developed very well. Hello, Seattle. We'll get to Shane right in a second here. But uh, Safkovsky's looking good. The power. How, play how many time. games are there now? Like, has he played nine already? Uh, or? Five. No, I five. saw last night on the broadcast. It was like five. Okay. You mean Wait, Shane or Uri? Uri. So, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you since he since he's since he could go to the AHL, does that affect? This is still going to affect the one year, or it's not going to affect the one year if he plays nine? I, I couldn't tell you, Daniel. To be honest, I, okay. I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I don't think he's played nine because he had that injury. So okay. he has played. If you just give me a second, he has hockey. He's played six games. Okay. Yeah, power play, really good. Apparently, he was like, "I called my parents. I was so excited. I get to play on the power play." <laughs> he's such a he's so funny he's the best uh and he was really what a turn of events on this podcast i know so Martin st louis talked a lot about the fact that he needs to develop that nhl identity and the best thing marty said last night was we saw him playing physically we saw him have a bit of an identity um so that's good for your right doing that and scoring goals and sort of having that sort of this is what i am that's going to keep you in the league longer so that's good for him I wasn't a fan of how they were easing him in, but maybe I should just shut up and let the coach do his thing. <laughs> Marty St. Louis knows a bit more than me. Um, Caden Gooley also gets his first career goal against the Sabres, which was just a – what a shot that was, eh? God, he's good. God, he's – even though the numbers about him and Savard aren't very good because David Savard's not good. 
<laughs> you guys see that Mike Hoffman went on a blocking spree on Twitter? No. Oh, Habs on Reddit, Habs Chronicle all got blocked. because Was this- it because of that first line? Uh, he was on the first line, and then everyone just reacted to that. Here's the shame. He actually kind of earned that spot. He had a really good game, but then he sort of coughed up the puck for the for an empty netter. I forget who was against. Um, but he he was playing well. He earned the spot, but everyone's like, guys, can we put can we put Kirby Doc up there? And you know the fan base just don't love Mike Hoffman. So yeah, he won the blocking spree. It wasn't very uh, you know. I've tweeted about Mike Hoffman before, and I wasn't blocked. So I guess I'm not <laughs> enough. But, you know. More to come. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mike Hoffman just played better. It's really funny. One of the games, I think it was the one he played really well in. I can't remember who it was against. There were a bunch of, like, scouts and AGMs at that Habs game. I think it was against the Wild, actually. So it was like, what's happening here? Is this why he's playing so well? Because he wants to get out of here? <laughs> cool. Keep doing this. We're fine. Um, But yeah, no, Caden Gooley, shout out to him. I think the only guy on the roster who doesn't have his first career goal is the guy they got off waivers from Winnipeg whose name I can't say. Kovacevic, I think it is. Kovacevic? Yeah, sure. Great guy. Who I haven't noticed, but I think that's good because he's a defenseman and he's he's low event hockey. And Armia's back. Woo! Hey. Joe Armia and Pizzetta got in the lineup too. That's a lot of forwards. Uh, hey. Yeah, they do. I wonder. It's a, who do you, who's going to lose? Well, Drew and, and like Dodonov got sat, but yeah, Drew's not, Drew's not coming back next year. Druin's gone. It's a shame. Sorry, Adam. It's fine. At least I got my Druin jersey back. Thanks hey. for that. I appreciate it. Um, but here's the big thing. Carey Price spoke to the media. Um, here's the big thing with Carey Price, gentlemen. Uh, he, first off, doesn't have a plan to retire. I'm sure that was uh, so the insurance companies don't go after the Habs. Um, but um, the way it is right now is he's focusing on being pain-free day-to-day. Um it's sad, man. It was the most open we have ever seen Carey Price. Um, there's been a lot of sort of talk from media members about sort of if Price was standoffish and why we didn't see his personality. And guys like Mark Antoine Gaudin said the media definitely have a part to play in that. Um, something I definitely go recommend everyone watch out. But first, I want to talk about the article in The Athletic. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, they're doing this sort of top 99 players of the modern era, and they're doing 99 players because everyone knows who number one's going to be. Better be Sidney Crosby, but 99 probably points to another player who we all know. Okay. <laughs> so, Carey Price was number 88. And so, there's this article that Arpin Basu, stop me if you've heard this before, fantastic article in The Athletic. And Carey Price really opens up about, just personally, uh, basically, what it turns out he went to the player assistance program for was alcohol abuse. Um, and he sort of, there's this bit about him talking to Nate Thompson, who we know has been a real figure of sobriety in that within the league, um, talking about just, just how he could have gone about this. He didn't have to tell anyone. Um, admitting he wasn't being a good father at the time, and he got his help and he was public with it. Talked about sort of the history of alcoholism for First Nations people. Um, and how he's known people who have gone through it. I thought that was a really, really good point, too, um, that I didn't really think about. But um, just a really heartfelt thing from Carey Price that we're not used to seeing, but emotional, but it just makes you appreciate him so much more. Yeah, and I think I think you because he just wasn't always so 
open. Just I, I think he showed his personality, but it was a hockey player thing, right? Like he had the personality, but it wasn't there. And I think for him to open up like this, uh, considering the stature of player he is, especially in Montreal, I think it was obviously it was it was I don't want to say it was nice to read. It was difficult to read, but it was nice to see mm-hmm. someone, especially of that stature, open up. To have this level of openness, especially for a player, I think really does bridge that generation literally between what we saw of old time hockey post like pre lockout to someone drafted during the lockout to be this type of figure right now about wanting to talk about your struggles, wanting to have more of that, uh, I guess, like personal dialogue you really do not see at all in hockey and to have it at that level now of that discussion we're having on how are we going to change the game? How are we going to actually view it as these are people beyond the rink? I think Carrie did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there were moments in the past. And again, there's a new episode of the sport athletic, an English episode of it, where, where again, Mark Antoine Gordon and Arpin Basu talk a lot about price and the few moments he's actually shown his personality. There's been bite back. The Hobbit and the Hull comment from those years ago that everyone relaxed from that famous preseason game that he had. Um, that was Price, and people just bit at him. And uh, it's unfair. People, Marc Antoine was making a point about how it was almost a missed opportunity that we're seeing this side of Price so late in his career. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think a lot of that needs to be put on the Canadians too. You know, remember when Mark Bergevin called himself Carey Price's protector? Man, you didn't. You gave him Antiniemi as his partner. What were you doing, man? I don't know if they did enough to really help Carey Price on and off the. I've talked about on the ice playing, on and off the ice. I wonder how much you know what that old regime. I'm not going to refer to the new one because we know how you know they're they're opening like mental health sort of medical teams and uh, that. Yeah, he also um, hasn't been. He hasn't really been around during the new regime it's weird to think that hughes hasn't even been on the the job a year eh? yeah or has it been a year no Uh, no it's been it would be a year relatively soon yeah fire yes yeah i'm I'm, I'm, it's time doesn't exist but you know slavkovsky was his first draft it's weird to think you know even like Ken Hughes always gets asked about price every interview he does as he's joked before but like i wonder how often they've actually spoken to each other Right, like especially in person in that, it's very strange. It's weird that you've seen a lot in life without Carey Price, as I've mentioned before, the past year for Habs fans. But whenever he shows up, it's it's it speaks to the stature of the man that everything goes to him. Your eyes go. Such a low key character has such a presence about him. I just want to read you guys this quote from Brendan Gallagher very quickly. Um, one that I think is very very important. Um, and this isn't the one about how calm Price was for Game 7s and all that, even though that was so great. Um, this is Brendan Gallagher. This is a tweet that Eric Angles put out there. Brendan Gallagher says, Carrie Price should, uh, 30, Carrie Price's 31 should hang from the Raptors at the Bell Center someday. Now, obviously, guys, you have heard me talk about all of Carrie Price's, you know, exact, his numbers in that, no. him never leaving the team. This is a, a really nice thing that Gallagher mentions on and off the ice stuff. To me, there's no doubt when you talk about the impact that he's had, you talk about the success that he's uh, that he's had. When you come to the game, people come to see Carey Price play. That's not something usual. People want to see goals. People want to see excitement. 
but he was flashy and exciting at the same time calm and poised. He's done everything to deserve it. Obviously, it would have been nice to have won a Stanley Cup, and then there wouldn't be an argument. He got us there. It's hard to say, but it would be fair to say he'd have gotten us there another time if he hadn't been hurt, in brackets, the 2014 Conference Finals. He just did so much throughout his career. I think you look at the names and the jerseys up there. I understand all the cups. People came specifically to see players. Price was that guy people came to see. Yeah. 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 And for he, literally his whole career, you know, say for PK Subban, maybe. Listen. For a bit, it was Carey Price. I told you guys this, you know, and myself as a half season ticket holder. If there was one game, if I can only see one game for the rest of my 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 life, I almost said my career, not a not a career being a fan. It would be that I wanted to be at Carey Price's last game if we ever knew. It looks like I got to do that that game against the Panthers. Um, yeah, I've again, I'm an example of how much he means to to the fan base. Um, and and again, it was a big thing in this article that even if he didn't get the cup and all the accolades he has on the ice. Um, what he's sort of done to show the people to get help and what he's done off the ice is another way that, that he's a winner that, that, that Arpin puts out in that, that piece. Um, he's just, man, yeah, he's so great. So this there's this Habs account. I forget what it's exactly called. It's like Habs Fans TV. And they somehow like got to talk to Jeff Gordon and, and Kent Hughes for like a few seconds. And they asked Kent Hughes, do you think that his number is going to be in the rafters? And Hughes said, that's not my decision. But he has a smile on his face and he says, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, though. Right. And if it doesn't, I will personally go to Montreal, find Jeff Molson's house, and I will protest until it happens. Mr. Molson, do the right thing and give the man his respect. Because he's a goddamn hero. Um, yeah, great player, somehow a better person. Also, something I should mention, he pointed out when asked when did his knee issue start, he said around the age of eight. Jeez. Now, everyone, I think, at first saw eight years, and they started thinking, oh, maybe 2016-ish after the Kreider stuff. No, he was saying just how young he is and playing the goaltending position. I'm sure Kreider didn't help, but it was nice he didn't just sewer him. He just carries that type of guy. Wouldn't wouldn't dare do that. All right. Oh, what a man. What a freaking man. I love that man. Oh, he's the best. Okay. Looking around the league, we teased it. I think we should talk about the Seattle Kraken. Let's do it. All right. Shane Wright, who you guys know I'm a big fan of, one of them is a hab. Um, I can't say what I exactly put as the title of this segment because it has a bad word in it, uh, but the Seattle Kraken. Now, Ron Francis, according, uh, she basically talked to Allison Lucan, uh, who is that very good reporter, very good with numbers and that, specifically covers the Kraken now, I think, for their TV side of it. Um, was told, of course, by Ron Francis, sorry, I said that, Kraken GM, um, and this was echoed last night in the 32 Thoughts Hockey Night edition by Jeff Merrick, that currently Shane Wright averaging his six minutes and 51 seconds of ice time is apparently not ideal. And Francis wants him in about 10 to 12 minutes. Now, he also said that he doesn't want to send Shane Wright back to the OHL. Um, Now, this comes off of Shane Wright being a healthy scratch for the past three games, a homestand that his parents, sorry, his grandparents came to watch him and didn't get to because he didn't play. Dave Hackstall. Who else did that? Um, it was in um, Dallas. It oh, was a uh, rally tough. Remember that he yes bought yeah, tickets yeah. for his entire family and then and he then didn't play. Yes. Yeah, what? 
the Kraken are dicks. Like, remember they signed him for the home opener too? Why? Like, well, let's be clear on who this is. Let's not yeah, throw this at the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Let's like, and and I'm not gonna try and def- I'm not gonna try and defend Ron Francis, mm-hmm. but this is the coaching staff not playing Shane Wright. He should, whether you think he's an NHL player or not, they, there's some, there's clearly some disconnect between management and coaching. So the thing is, right, and I see Kraken's fans saying, you know, you blame the coach when you see him playing, he makes mistakes, probably shouldn't be there, right? You know, and the Kraken talk about how they want him to watch the game. Man, was he you know, like Babcock? You know, I was thinking about this last night, right? Um, Watching, practicing, morning skates, only do so much. Mm-hmm. You know, they say experience is the best teacher, right? Um. A player has to learn how to make mistakes. You know what I mean? How does Shane Wright go out and have a healthy shift where he's getting to the flow of the game when he's worried that he'll make one mistake or he'll lose one face-off and he's not going to see the ice for the rest of the period? A player needs to touch the puck. Otherwise, you know, of course he's not going to do anything. And if they're stalling to get him to the World Junior Camp, you if it's a few days, whatever, guys, we're in November soon. This Just is... I don't know what you're doing. This is a guy who, even if he fell, top five pick, fourth overall, projected to be the best player of that draft for years, cornerstone of your franchise. Lads, what are you doing? 651? That's not enough. No, that's not. It's playing him like a grinder. Honestly, like a fourth honestly. line grinder. 2014, your fourth line right wing back in the day. And and I get that they're having an okay start, the Kraken are. I'm gonna pull them up right now. I don't remember their Yeah, thanks, Chris Letang. Couldn't 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 carry the defense against, like, against Kraken last night. Thanks. The, thanks. They're four, four, and two. I understand that. But I don't see who like who are you playing that is so important to your 4-4-2 four, four start? He, he's not going to take away from Matty Beneers, who has been no. really good. No, he's been good, yeah. Shout out to my fans. Shane, yeah, I love you. Love you, Matty. Um, but he's not going to take away from Beneers. No. He, I think they have had a problem playing McCann, but Jaden Sh- in 10 minutes? Yeah, Jaden Schwartz has probably been... The comeback story. He's been pretty hot. Like, th- this is their. Oh, sorry. Th- I was. I. I just pulled it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is their. This is their center depth currently. Yeah. Manny. Uh, Manny at in at one. Yep. Uh, Alex Wenberg at two. Yanni Gord at three, and Morgan Geeky at four. Morgan Geeky. Let me look up. What's? I'm. Let me get up Morgan Geeky stats. He's from uh, Carolina. He was uh, yeah. He was there. No, no. I I, I remember him. I was just. It's just like you're playing Morgan Geeky, who like has your fourth line. Yeah, your, right? Come on. Your fourth line is Ryan Donato, Morgan Geeky, Daniel Sprong. The argument <laughs> that, strong. like, the argument that you cannot play Shane right over one of those three guys, I I just I don't understand. How He's a man this at the wing. Doesn't have to be He's a man exactly. At the exactly. Wing. Uh, who the um, the Sens did that with Stutzla. The Sens, I think, did it again. Are doing it again with, or am I getting them confused? Hinto. 
Maybe? I think Pinto, either ducks. Pinto or Norris. Remember the they Ducks with... transition? Zegras. Yeah, yeah, Zegras. Sorry, that's yeah, probably who I was thinking of. Not yeah. Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa was Stutzla. But, like, there's no reason he should not be in the lineup to me. You're, he's your fourth overall pick, and I res- and I respect and I understand why you don't want to send him back to the CHL. Like, what again, what is he going to go do in the CHL? Rip it up, and that's going to do what he's been ripping it up there for years, a couple years. Like, I just, it's just the situation. Like, I, he could be playing in the NHL. They want him playing in the NHL, and you're not playing him in the NHL. Like, this is the, like, I just, yeah, I don't, I'm not entirely sure of why they cannot play him over Mm -hmm. Ryan Donato, Morgan Geeky, or Daniel Sprong. What do you think is going to happen? Like, in my opinion, I think he's going to get sent down. Back to junior. And in the play. Like, the thing is, that was so important about his draft year was it had the slow first half, right? And then there was the thing yeah. of his line mates and who he was playing with and was it really helping? Um, I, again, I don't know the exact um, rules when it comes to, say, transfer stuff with like if he can play in the overseas leagues and that and but then is there spots because rosters are already set in that it's like if that's how you're gonna get him to play like do it then do it like just send him back then to get I, him those touches get him playing games because the chl has started already too yeah, yeah. The, the merrick I, I i'm gonna assume it was merrick because merrick's the only one with chl sources on 32 thoughts i love you yeah. really Friedman, but let's be let's be honest here um i believe merrick was touching upon the point that they might be looking or sorry kingston's <laughs> sorry my god Kingston might be looking to trade Shane Wright's rights. Ah. Get it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his name's right. Yeah, yeah. They might be looking to trade that, and obviously Seattle would be involved because, surprise, surprise, NHL teams are involved in what goes on the CHL. Um, they're going to push for his rights to be traded. Um, So I wonder if they're waiting for that. Like, I just... I do partially. I do kind of believe like that they don't want to send him back to the OHL. Like, would you not want? I don't know. Like, I just don't understand why he's not playing here. I can't get. I understand if you want to send him back, but I just don't see. Looking at this lineup, there's like a couple players where I'm like, do they really need to play? No. Listen, I, again, I am. I, I'm. I'm a big believer in Shane. Right. I. I am. Spent a lot of the last year looking into his game. Spent a lot of time doing it last year. No. Um, just don't. This is a guy again. He's not going to be a super duper hundred point guy. But damn it, like, don't waste the kid. Come on. He he. A lot of people make a lot about that staring thing he did to the Habs table, even though he says he denies it. But you know, it's it's not like he's coming out and saying anything stupid to the media or whatever. You know, it's just. This is a very sort of he, – he, he's a smart kid. Um, seems like he's just – yeah, he's got confidence, but he's not a cocky kid that everyone seems to think he is. You know, this is a this is a good with a lot of tools in that. He's a smart player. If you just give him time and ice time to actually get used to the game, god damn it, he can be something. And you're just 
wasting it. It's like a nice flower in this. You're not watering it. He's a flower, damn it. He's like a beautiful, I don't know, I like lilacs. He's like a lilac. I, I know um, NCAA rules and, you know, getting the guy signed and so forth is really different. But, you know, the Kraken, I think they did really well the way they brought up Matty Beneers. They let him play more or less his freshman season. And then they let him play a few games towards the end. And then now they're actually giving him the minutes. If you're going to keep Shane Wright and think he's an NHLer, why not have that same development process of someone who, yeah, like he wasn't touted to be first overall his own draft, but this guy was second in his draft. And I think like there was a bit more of pressure there, both as a center and both as being the first pick ever of the franchise. And he seems to be okay. Man, it's, it's a good player, but a very good player. Um, Just figure it out. Just um, don't waste your asset. He's a good player. He's a very good player. Um, anything else on the Seattle crack and Shane Wright, or shall we move on? To move on. Okay, perfect. Pierre LeBron also an insider trading. Sharks listing on every player apparently except Thomas Hurdle. Um, is Eric Carlson playing his way back into being a positive asset? Maybe not twelve million dollar. Eleven? What is it? Eleven point five. Eleven and a half. Yeah. Eleven and a half. Salary's probably going to be retained. But he's off to a good start. How many years does he have left? Five. <laughs> I'm on cap friendly Ooh, now. So I saw I saw the question a couple hours before we started recording, and I thought about it. And I'm I think if he can keep it up, and I think if the cap goes up, I'm not like listen. I'm of the firm belief he's ending this contract. Uh, uh, San Jose Shark. Like I, I, I'm just finding it hard to believe that a contract like that's going to be moved unless he's Ottawa Eric Carlson again. Um, which at that point, then why are the Sharks trading him because they're not rebuilding? Um, potentially, if the cap goes up at the end of the, up at the end of the year, like they say, it's going to go up. You know who needs a right D right now? The Toronto Maple Leafs. No. You know who needs a right D right now? Uh, let me look. Let me Ottawa look. Ottawa Senators. Stop it! Stop it! I thought you were gonna say the Vancouver oh Canucks because they no. don't have any right. It's funny enough, were they not? Were they not in? Were they not in on Eric Carlson? Was that not a rumor? What the Sens wanted him back? No, no, that Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver. Oh, well, I don't. No, him. no, leave. I him remember alone. that. I, I don't want to. I want to cheer for Eric Carlson. I can't do that if he's a Canuck. I can't do that. Weren't they in on like every like yeah, and then defenseman? They, and then they got Tyler Mars. Yes, and Oliver Ekman Larson. God. Hey, they also got another defenseman, Ethan Bear. Oh. And the Canes did retain salary on him. So uh, you know. What happened there, what an by the way? Ab- like, what an yeah. absolute saga that was. Ethan Bear. I love how a week ago it was uh, you know, we're gonna get he's an NHL player and we're gonna get value for him to not like what what was the, what was that what was this oh, unnecessary so, saga i believe it was 18 percent retained and then they got a fifth so it was ethan barrett four hundred thousand dollars retained and lane peterson for a 2023 fifth <laughs> what no no like i'm not criticizing the deal i'm just like i am what what is this? What was that saga? Like, clearly, he was you had did not have the leverage, you so, did, never had the leverage that they imagined they did. When was the last time he played a game? Not this year. Um, 
I just let's quickly look at their D because the way it was Vancouver's wasn't malicious. I uh, know uh, Carolina's before oh. we go Vancouver. Coglin, Shea, Pesci, Burns, Slave, and I get it. Is Jalen Chatfield didn't even know he was on the team. I recognize the name. I don't know where he was before. I'm pretty sure was he was in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, he was with Vancouver. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> like, who are your extra guys? Pacioretty, Gardner, and Kosh. Oh, but uh, what a shame for Kosh again. By the way, another. Yeah. Game. Yeah. I forgot Gardner was there too. Yeah. Gardner and Pacioretty. Wow, you Atlantic. I'm, I can't say that word on this. Um, just love the Atlantic players. Uh, it's a shame it couldn't work out, but I'm rooting for Ethan Bear. Apparently, oh, I don't, you know, I think I deleted it, but um, uh, Jay Fresh had some stuff about him that, you know, in his time in, in Edmonton in, in heavy minutes, minutes, he looked like a good defenseman. Well, remember, Darnell, Darnell Nurse got paid, a, paid yeah. the year he played with him. <laughs> He got that nine point whatever. Well, Seth Jones helped with that. Was too. it money? But, like, why did Edmonton trade Ethan Bear? Uh, because they needed Warren Fogle. Okay, yeah. God, I I've <laughs> never been so wrong about a depth trade in my life. I like Warren Fogle. I don't think the Edmonton Oilers do when they go on. Weird team, weird team. But the Canucks did win a game. Boost Brujo yes. gets a win six hundred. I saw that's the second fastest to six hundred wins ever. I'm like, excuse me. Damn. Do you remember he was the cap? Remember those capital years, where like they would win, uh, like Jose Theater had like forty wins under Boudreau. Good for him, man. That's awesome. Second fastest ever. That's loony. Anyway, Rachel, did you see that Rachel Dory put something up? She's like, yeah, Boudreau, great guy. Oh. Also, yeah. he was a he was the coach. Remember the Ducks were winning the Pacific every year. He was amazing. Yeah, but they couldn't win a game seven. No, they could not. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, and that's why he's perfect for the Leafs. And then he was a Minnesota. No, goodness gracious. No, he's replacing Burroughs to be Montreal's uh, uh, power play coach because Burroughs needs Bruce Boudreau. Yeah, man. Why not? I don't think he's barbecue. Bruce is gonna love the smoke meat meat in Montreal. Come on down, buddy. I shouldn't say I want to get fired. I mean, even though he's not, if he gets no, if he gets fired, that's ridiculous. So, can we talk about how big of like dicks Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin are for every chance they get basically saying to the public, we don't want Bruce Boudreau as a coach and we didn't know he had another year in his contract. Have some respect. Like yeah, you, no, that was rough. Like, like first off, Alvin, you just got here. Like you literally just became a GM. Have some respect. Not to mention, I think a big part of why you're there is because I don't want to rip on his ability as a GM, but Let's not forget. Oh, there was some influence there. Was Alvi not like with Rubber Third back and, in the Pittsburgh days? Yeah, yeah. So have some like I just think it's so like have some respect. Like, come on, Bruce Boudreaux was a great coach. Players love him. They had good things to say after they finally beat their game, beat the Kraken. Shane Wright sitting really helped to win that game, didn't it, guys? Um, I just, I just, why did they, why did they do that? Why? You didn't have to go on after hours and be like, yeah, we basically hate Bruce. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't get the this whole thing that they're when it comes to Bruce Boudreaux. I do I do respect their honesty when Jim Rutherford says, you know, we might just have to rebuild. But <laughs> like I'm like, wow, the absolute honesty that just is coming out of uh, Jim Rutherford tonight. Um, but he I, I don't patience for that. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. But he also doesn't have the assets to do what he might have done in Pittsburgh. That's true. That or in Carolina too, I guess. 
Yo, shout um, out, by the way, to the Kraken kicking the crap out. Sorry, uh, to Vancouver kicking the crap out of Pittsburgh, too. Yeah, what happened yeah, And then didn't the Seattle beat them last night? They did. Jeez. Yeah. The tang's a fraud. They're goaltending. Another story. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You, first off, it, yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go, go. Uh, I was going to say, first off, uh, for, first, uh, Curtis questions Bencher off for a person that was going off about, where's the Tristan Jarlove now? Fraud. <laughs> Okay, go, go, go ahead. Um, no, I was gonna say I feel like we should note former Kent Hughes client, Kristen Thing. Exactly. Yes, mm. got a great contract. And no, no, he didn't. He would have left. He, he didn't. Left. He would have yeah. left. Yeah. But, but, but of course, but of former course, Chris, former Kent Hughes. Got darn out there's that deal. There we go. There we go. Well, oh. Seth Jones got darn out there's that <laughs> deal. But Kent okay. came to the, the table. And he's like, listen, listen, we're gonna do it. This I is want. the new number. God, I love. And Ken Holland said, absolutely. You know who's yet to play a game, by the way, because he's still hurt? Feel bad for him. No, they can't use client Mike Madison. You know, oh, he hasn't played play. yet? No, because he, he got hurt. Remember? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I think I can't wait to see him on the power play. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. Um, what's unfortunate for the Sens, I don't, that wasn't a transition. I just flat out just went Ottawa there. I don't know. We're, what we're, we're done with Vancouver. Like, yeah, yeah, sorry. I yeah. don't know much change. Like, you got to find what we're again, on win number two. Watch now, you know, you know, I, I don't mean to cut your transition off, Three. but I don't mean to cut it, your it transition, wasn't much off. Of a transition. But That's- I, I was thinking about it last night, and I'm like, I, I obviously they're not similar, exact same situations, but obviously the discussion around the team, it's Canada, it's obviously the same. You look at the discussion around the Leafs, and you look at the discussion around the, the Canucks, and funny enough, the similar. The thing they have in similar, the thing that they have sim are similar with, is it's the same core. It is. So again, it's the same core. Firing yeah. Bruce Boudreaux would do nothing. Actually, no. Isn't Tucker Pullman on LTIR? All right. They've you had some injuries, well, like week to week, and they've had so. I've seen Noah Jolson get called up and sent down like five times. Yeah, I saw that. I thought it was the same tweet, like the last three days. Every other day, and you're like, "What is going on?" Um, what's really funny, the Canucks, by the way, if they win their game in hand, they're only two points back of the Kings. What? Like they have they the same amount of points, two games in hand over the Sharks. Um, and by the way, last in the Pacific, even though they have three games in hand over the Sharks, last place are the uh, Ducks. So, uh, holy crap! I didn't realize how bad Gibson really. They're minus twenty. The, the, the yeah, Ducks his save percentage right? is over, like, or his like goals against average is like about four. Or okay. last time I checked, oh, I don't know what it was. We'll, we'll get to Ottawa. I need to look up John Gibson's numbers right now. What in the world, John Gibson contract? No, I won't look at that. But I'm sure it's not looking very good. Oh, John Gibson, we can't defend you anymore. Oh, an 884. That's not fun. No. Goals against for some reason. Oh, 4.45. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, Gibson. That's- now you know how my fantasy league patience ran out. Mark Andre. This is, this is, this is, this is why you didn't want to trade Stephen Samkos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark Andre Fleury, by the way, 3.88 goals against. His save percentage is actually up from the 700s to 879. Last few games, though, been getting me the points. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. Been good. Uh, not wrong. Uh, anyway, I'll do a deal with you for a defenseman. And uh, when McAvoy's healthy, I'll give you a defenseman. Nylander, you give me Steven Stamkos, we can talk. Yeah. I'll give you a good we'll defenseman, man. A very good defenseman. You want Chris Letang? 
after uh, trashing him for five yeah, after, minutes. After seeing he's good. About Look, him. He's he keeps, doing, a good player. He keeps, Adam's, done this, Adam's done this like three times to me. He'll trash a player. He'll trash a player and then literally try to trade him to me. Yeah, but we all know how good Chris Letang actually is. Oh, it's just yeah. rough right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, so low. It's no. not good until Pittsburgh, you know, gets another veteran guy for their first and a prospect. And, and that's then, okay. And then they go point per game for like a for like three months, and then I hate the Penguins. And then they'll extend them. Yeah, of that's course, a reasonable number, and just hate yeah. it. Um. Yeah. So the sense. Yes, let's get oh, to the sorry, guys. This is bad news. Uh, Josh Norris may not be back this season uh, with that injury, which is unfortunate. Um, now, Darren Jerry did see that they're going to try and fit the whole bike committee, which is lame. Go do a trade. You want Sean Monahan? You want Sean Monahan? He's been good. You want Sean Monahan? Take a first. You want Sean Monahan? Would I? Would you be interested? Yeah, the slightly used no, Christian Dvorak. Stop, stop, stop. Just had a hat no, trick. Come on. Dude, no. I'm not, God, I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, let the sense do that. For Tyler Boucher. Now I, before for no. Ridley Grieg. Um now now they did mention Jared Jagger did say Ridley Grieg's played well. Um I want to actually apologize myself to the sense. Shane Pinto's been nasty. So he'll help fill that void about Derek Broussard. Like what are you apologizing for? Them not including him in the deal for Jacob Chikorin? Yeah, I don't, I'm not apologizing right now. Maybe no. we'll start. Maybe we'll start. I'm not apologizing. So let's look at who are some centers that could be available. I mean, Clunger could go back to center. No, he could. No, yeah, no, he no. could. I'm trying to think who is available. Are we early enough in the year? Jonathan Taze. Tell Alex, me I'm wrong. That's. Not a bad idea. Tell me I'm wrong. That is actually, I like that a lot. Or, yeah, then maybe you do say, or we go Daniel's route and we put him at, we put Drew at center, and then they say, listen, I don't want Taves, but how about Patrick Kane? Or then I would to bring Cat. All right. Yeah. What, what, okay. What's what? the deal? What's the What's the Kane deal then? Um, oh, okay. Shane right. Pinto. Kane or Taves. <laughs> it has to be the same return. Um, because I like a Taves. Wait, I actually what? think Taves is a really good idea, Alex. Wait, wait. What do you mean Taze and Kane have to be the same return? I mean, well, just for argument's sake, doing this, we'll just say it's the oh. same package because respect and he's a centerman all that. No, he, if, if Jonathan Taze goes for anywhere near what Patrick Yo. Kane goes for, I will be very upset. I forgot that the Hawks have so many draft picks. They have two firsts, seconds, and thirds this year and next. I forgot wow. about I really forgot about that. Good for them. Uh, Luke Richardson, my boy. How's it doing? Um, so who can they? Oh God, I forgot about this roster and how are they playing well? Sam Lafferty and Jason Dickinson, who they got in a dump, and Colin Blackwell, Philip. Oh goodness gracious, who is Philip Ruse? Who is Jared Tenardi? Jack Job. You have Jared Tenardi. Who is? Yeah, who is Arvid Soderblom? Whoever he is, he's the oh, because Morazic's already. Morazic's what? He's hurt. Oh, is he actually? Yeah, yeah, he's played like what two or one or games? Um, Ouch. oh god, give me a second. P- Panamarazic, he played before he got hurt. Uh, three games where three he games. was nine fourteen save percent. Okay. <laughs> Do you know who is a how Saint Le- Ryan O'Reilly? I'm just throwing names out there. Oh, uh, because no, I don't know. The Blues are good though. Yeah, but they've sold. They've sold when they're good though. 
with the yeah, sense right. love <laughs> a well-traveled adam henrique no 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 i think it's gonna be a one-year guy um who do they give up um oh goodness oh god the dogs are going nuts okay oh, i have a better dude. idea i have a better idea what okay tell me why bo horvat is not going to be a senator Oh. <laughs> just, oh, I'm just man. saying. I'm just saying. That's pretty. Good. Okay, what's the deal then? It's uh, everything. No, Tyler um... Boucher <laughs> in a first with other stuff. So, well, they don't. They don't. Oh no, they do have this year's first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was that one for to bring up. They have their first. They have their second. They have an additional second next year for the Connor Brown deal. Um, probably not Pento because they don't want to do that. I'm trying to think who's the guy they could give up. I, I I have two names, but I don't think anyone's gonna take them right let's now. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah, uh, no, yeah. that's not gonna happen. No. no. Um, <laughs> speaking of, actually, uh, this is something that Rick West had tweeted out. This very interesting. I think a lot of us have been waiting for the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage plans to subpoena Hockey Canada CFO Brian Cairo and former CEO Bob Nicholson to testify November fifteenth in Ottawa. Sources tell me that'll be interesting. That's very yeah. interesting. Very excited to see that. Um, the Sens, though. Yeah, sorry. We yes. didn't use the time. Um, what but- What do they get? Or what do they, what are they giving up? I'm sorry. It was the question. And why is it not Ridley Grieg? Yeah. If- give her a Ridley Grieg. Grieg. I think they have somebody. Because, yeah. like, out of their recent first, like, only Jake Sanderson, I could see not being moved. Oh, yes. yeah. No, they're not going to move so, Jake like- Sanderson. I don't I keep saying Tyler Boucher because like he just seems like the most expendable first round pick they got. I mean, are the Suns gonna want him? Are the Canucks gonna want him, you mean? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, we're doing both. What are you talking about? He was a tenth Hawks? overall pick, guys. I just you know, I don't that, that I I don't know what you want me to say to you there. Um well I think that's everything. Unless I'm forgetting something. Don't think so. Uh fun episode. So. Yeah. Um, apparently for we were finally back together for after a while that's yeah, been a while eh yeah and we will see each other all together in a month the way it goes the way it goes um what's going on i don't even know okay yeah thanks guys um good Thank seeing you. you um we'll see everyone next time when um stuff's gonna happen when the leafs are back in toronto yeah yeah and uh, Cole Caulfield scores more goals. Nasty. Little lamb. Love him. Um, yeah. He's a lamb. Little lamb, little bear. Like so many bears. The cauliflower. Oh, that's so funny. Exactly. Oh. Okay. Thank you for listening. We'll see you later.